back in the 70s and 80s before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With that famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you never saw and I can't read this copy, <laughs> and get reacquainted with some old classics. Now on the 430 movie, we take over the vertical and the horizontal and put together our dream theme weeks that you could watch at home and relive the glory days of the 430 movie. This afternoon on the 430 movie, it's Superhero Week. That is absolutely right, and I'm thrilled to be here with, um, you know him as a writer on such shows as Transformers Prime, X-Men, the animated series, the Emmy Award-winning Star Wars Rebels, and uh, the upcoming Star Wars Resistance, Mr. Steve Melching. Greetings programs. The uh, uh, leading Hollywood conceptual designer, he's worked on such movies as Chronicles of Riddick and was the visual effects supervisor on Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition. He uh, also recently finished uh, season two of Westworld, Darren Docterman. Hello. And uh, sitting to my left, not that you would know it, is uh, the uh, screenwriter for such films as Thor, X-Men First Class, and uh, a TV writer for uh, TV shows such as um, Fringe and Black Sails and the upcoming Lore Season 2 on Amazon, Ashley E. Miller. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, last and certainly least is uh, I'm Mark Altman. Uh, I am a former writer-producer for such shows as The Librarians and Agent X and the author of the new book, so say we all an oral history of Battlestar Galactica. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the 430 movie. Hello. What is we do each week is we program theme weeks, for uh, which you can relive at home. Uh, when we were kids, uh, we actually, uh, the only we way no we got choice. to see these movies was on the uh, 430 movie as uh, 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 theme weeks. You loved uh, remember Planet of the Apes week. And what were some of your favorite uh, 430 movie uh, theme weeks? Monster Week. Monster yeah. Week. That was a good one. <laughs> you know, I, the only one I, I well, they ha also had Sci-Fi Week, where uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Voyage, Voyage was <laughs> yeah. in there at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, mostly it was just random because they they would only do these theme weeks like during Sweeps Week. Yes, right dur during when they wanted to get a lot more viewers. That's how I learned about Sweeps Week because I knew Planet of the Apes was coming up. Right. No fa May Jewel. November, February, May, and July. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, uh, we're programming our fantasy theme weeks, or programming, as I should say, our fantasy theme weeks. And this week, we will be programming Superhero Week. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to tell you uh, Monday to Friday what we'll be programming on our own fantasy network. Um, and uh, I'll start with, uh, well, here's the question. Does Ashley have to recuse himself from one of his own movies as the screenwriter <laughs> of such movies as Thor and X-Men First Class? Um, which both potentially could qualify, is he allowed to, uh, to, to, to nominate his own movies? I think that, that's a good question, but I think the bigger question is, are we allowed to pick movies that have been made in the last 20 years? I think so. I think so. Well, then I go. Then, yeah, get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out. Later, guys. Okay, so why, why don't we split the difference? Uh, he can participate, but he cannot nominate one of his own films. All right. Okay, All right. okay. So I'm going to start with fine films. Fair enough. They are. I, they, they are, and perhaps someone else will uh, uh, put them, uh, uh, nominate them for um, programming uh, consideration from our expert programmers and censors here at the uh, 430 movie. So, um, <laughs> Ashley Miller. Oh, my God. Monday. Monday. What a day. What a day, what a day. <laughs> Moon day. Um, look, I, I, there are so many ways to, to kick off this week, but I think that the only movie that, that truly sets the stage for a superhero week is the superhero movie that made all superhero films truly possible. Certainly, it wasn't the first translation of comic book pages to the silver screen, mm -hmm. um, but it was... It was the one that, that elevated uh, that particular genre and made us believe that a man could fly. You I can speak, read course. my mind. Yes, I can. <laughs> and also, I know what color your panties are, Darren Dockerman. Well, only you, though. Only me. Um, I, I, we're speaking, of course, of Superman, 
the movie. Now, what's dun, fascinating to me dun, is... Dun, 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 dun. Stop, or else we'll have to pay for it. Oh, you know, yeah. our, our, our opening credits, are, 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 the opening credits of that movie are longer than our podcast. Probably true. <laughs> and probably more entertaining as well. Um, right, so... Well, Richard, it's, otherwise it's known as Superman. That's right. the title of the movie. Right, except that it has that Superman, Superman colon... The movie, because I still have not the, in the film. No, no, but I have the program book. Yes, me that too. That they sold in the right. lobby back in the day right. when they did those things. All the advertising the movie. stuff said ad- Superman the movie, but right. the name of the film. In case you didn't know when you Superman. walked in the theater. See, yes. I, I beg to differ because here's the thing. I, I agree with you, but <laughs> I had a copy editor on one of my books. I think it was actually So Say We All, uh-huh. which just came out in hardcover. But um, the copy editor corrected in the manuscript Superman, and they cha- we had Superman the movie and changed it to Superman. Mm-hmm. Said the name of the movie is Superman. I said no. I changed it back. The name of the movie is Superman the movie because that's how I know it growing up. It was Superman the movie. So let it me, is a definitive statement. You, this is, is the movie. Is <laughs> is the name of the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? It is no, absolutely it is absolutely not, not. Okay. because that was not contemporaneous with the release. It was released as Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> All right. Years later, George Lucas woke up one morning and said, I guess I'm going to call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's consistent with these other movies. That's bullshit. That's just like calling it a new hope, right? When it's we all know it's Star Wars. That's right. Okay. That's right. okay. Superman the movie was I released just, on uh, in December sure. 1978 as Superman the movie, except in the opening credits. That's right. Right. The title of the movie. And, <laughs> <laughs> Much as Star Trek the as motion picture. The text of the movie. That's right. Superman the motion picture. <laughs> the Sorry, motion picture actually. movie. It's wonderful, goddammit. No, no. I have a question for sure, you. Sure, hit me, go. Don't hit me. Does this air over two days? Because oh. as we know, when ABC first premiered Superman, it was, it was the extended cut. It's already a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a two-night event? Is it Monday and Tuesday? And and, and, and is it the extended cut? And is is the cliffhanger, the helicopter rescue, right. tomorrow on the 430 movie? Did we didn't... find out what happens to Margot Kidder. <laughs> I don't know. Will he save her? Will he not? Um, it's like the most unexpected beginning to the second part of the movie is Margot Kidder falling to her death. <laughs> right. Just, oh, what do I do? Because it won't occur to him for like another hour and a half to fly backwards around the planet. Um, you know, I feel that with the 430 movie, we should really be focused on theatrical cuts or on the cuts that would have made it to to television, right? Yes, so, but since that, okay, so so in that case, I would say perhaps Superman should be divided into Monday and Tuesday. And the thing about Superman the movie is, and I think you're probably right about the helicopter as being the right uh, cliffhanger, is it is essentially two films. Two films are happening. It's three films. Three, three exactly, because it begins <laughs> on Krypton, um, you know, and it's like oh, come. guilty, guilty, guilty. It's like by the way, who the hell pronounces airs as airs? Um, it's like an extra syllable in there. He like he like found like four. How did that happen? Um, no, it, and they're all great in their own way. Although I would say that one of them is is not quite as great as the other two. The the opening on Krypton is amazing. You know, it's Marlon Brando, and like he's got a baby, and like he's surrounded by crystals. It's like he walked into some new age candle store, and he's like yelling at old guys, and they're just floating heads. Uh, he's it's got fantastic. Reflective clothing. Absolutely, because a in magic the future, mirror. <laughs> and then you know there was something about. Um, Has the, it now uh, become a crime to cherish life? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> I wanted to see that mashup. Uh, the whole sequence where young Kal El, as a as a baby, is in the ship and he's traveling, and, and Jorel is just sort of saying random things to him. You know, and just as like that's all sort of sounds like information that's sort of floating in and out. It's there's something about it. Today we will explore the concepts of compounding interest. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that whole sequence. I mean, that that, the the sequence when Krypton is Krypton is uh, falling apart, and there's that one shot or two shots of all the Kryptonians sort of. Falling mm-hmm. through space, that scared the hell out of me yeah. as a little kid. Well, yeah. It just shows you what uh, what can happen when you don't listen to Jor-El. <laughs> and then the movie turns on a dime, mm-hmm. and we're in when, small When you don't listen to scientists about climate change. Right, or you know, <laughs> the sun turning into a yes, but, but Vonda was a, a top scientist as well, <laughs> ah, and she wow. thought that it was just shifting its orbit. So okay. He was you more know, like Galileo. Sure. 
But uh, yeah, no, but I, except with a kid. Well, yeah, totally with a kid and a rocket ship, and not even the same planet and superpowers, uh, and also <laughs> Henry Fonda. No, uh, I mean, no. Why would I say? Why the hell did I say Henry? Glenn Fonda? Ford. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Henry so you guys Fonda. have got me all, all like Although screwed it up. Been in interesting that. to it, see it, Henry Fonda right? playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? He's not as warm as Glenn Ford, though. No, nobody is. You know, no, um, he's an old poo. But that whole that whole sequence of the movie is probably my favorite. It may be like my favorite film uh, about. Superman, you know, ever committed to celluloid. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, him growing up in Smallville, what right. that's like for him. You know, being this kid who can do all of these things, but nobody can know, and that, that frustration, and right. how he loves his parents, um, how they try to connect with him, and then you know, it just... And how he challenges his, his, his ill father to a race. Right? Good job. <laughs> After Good job, he's just Clark. raced from school. It's like, hey, Dad, look, I know I have superpowers look, and you're dying of a heart ass. attack. Yeah, but, so. Uh, so you want to race? Yeah. Come on. It's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, that's all lovely. Clark and this kills great his father. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you want to go, hey, you know what, asshole? How about you fly backwards in time and yeah. stop yourself from challenging Dad to a race? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, hey, maybe maybe think about that. You know, yeah. or maybe go into the future, grab a pacemaker, and then fly yeah. back around. The- <laughs> there, there's something just truly sort of miraculous about that movie. I mean, it's a movie that managed to perfectly encapsulate Superman, the essence of Superman in a way that was so satisfying. I mean, every the casting is absolutely perfect. The score by John Williams is maybe his best score, one of his top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's it just it's like a perfect movie in a way. I mean, you could quibble about the some of the the, the plotting in the third act and and whatnot, but. It, it just captures the spirit of a superhero it, film so and perfectly. It perfectly balances the sensibilities of all these types of movies. You know, it has the it has the qualities of a of a big strange science fiction epic at the beginning, and the sort of John Ford kind of uh, you know but not Henry Ford, not Henry Ford, <laughs> uh, but or uh, but Henry Glenn Ford, Ford. Glenn Ford. Um, but you know the the the, the sweeping <laughs> the sweeping expanse of the American Midwest, even though it's Canadian. Um, and uh, and then you get into this, you know, sort of 1940s kind of, uh, you know, Screw fast talking front page yeah. sort of, um, yeah. and it and it completely balances these while still keeping Lex Luthor. Not, he's he's a villain, but he's also sort of a comedic villain, right? And but it it never gets into a a part where you think he's not dangerous. Right. It never. It threatens to edge into camp, but never quite. It, it never does. jumps in. Right. It dances that edge, and I think it's it's miraculous. And Richard Donner did an amazing job, of you know not only uh, fighting to get that vision through his very similitude uh, feeling about how to sort of encapsulate the feeling of Superman, but also battling the movie's producers all along. Yeah, I you know I'm glad you brought that up because I want to say. You said, oh, you know, despite whatever flaws it has. What is so amazing about this movie is it was behind the scenes yeah. uh, an absolute disaster. Absolutely. You 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 had uh, these guys um, who basically um, were following the formula. They had had success with uh, thir- uh, Three Musketeers, Four right. Musketeers. They they basically went to the film markets, um, spent a bunch of money on stars, pre-sold, to, it. pre-sold it with the to raise the money. Uh, they ended ended up getting Warner Brothers to take distribution on it, right. uh, but they were spending uh, as little money as they they possibly could. Uh, they were shooting Superman and Superman Two back to back. They basically ran out of money. Didn't finish Superman Two. Right. You know, Superman fired Richard Donner, and yet this movie is probably still the most iconic and best superhero movie you know ever made um it is a model even 30 years later you look at wonder woman that's a film that clearly shows the inspiration of superman the movie in in the very best of ways and so i think that um it's pretty uh, unbelievable and you know as much as when we were kids i think we all really probably enjoyed superman too um, when you look at it and now know the whole story of how Richard Lester was brought in and um, uh, Richard Donner was let go and how he refilmed a bunch of stuff just so that he could have the credit. You can totally um, see the difference. And you can yep. totally see the difference. And that was very hard to watch Superman 2 exactly. because Superman 1 is, is cinema. Superman 2 is a movie. Yeah. 
And uh, and it can be a very entertaining movie sure. on its own. Oh, yeah, and, I love and the, You know, General Zod is a terrific villain. Care to step outside? Right. Karen Stamp, you know, is, is, you know, is terrific. Yeah. Yeah, well, and Sarah Douglas is Ursula. Yeah. Uh, Ursa. Ursa, Ursa, excuse yeah. me. And, and, and so you really have, um, there's so much to like about Superman 2. But, you know, I don't think Superman 2 has stood the test of time in no. the way that, because Superman 2 in a way, is kind of a Marvel movie without today's effects. Yeah, right. and, no, I, and, I can see that. And, and, and uh, Superman One is is just this mythological Joseph Campbell, just this mythic kind of awesome. I piece think of you cinema. know around the time Superman Two came out, I liked it more because it had that great standoff. You had super villains to fight right. Superman. So you had a great battle, you know, it's about more Metropolis. for a, a younger kid to latch on to. Yeah. But and it was exciting to see that. But in, in the years since, you know, I always gravitate back to the original. I, I think though that we might be giving Superman two a, a bit of a short trip because, you know, it does have at its core this really great story about Clark Kent. Yes. Who That's is true. wrestling with the same questions that he wrestled with um, in Superman and, and didn't resolve, um, which is, you know, who is Clark Kent versus who is Superman? Um, who do I have to be? It seems I have to be this Superman, and he makes this terrible choice that has awful consequences. Right. What makes Superman 2 work is that it, the things that happen in that movie, it's not just that General Zod arrives. It's that he arrives at the worst possible time and things get out of control because Clark Kent essentially made... Um, a selfish choice, but mm -hmm. for very human reasons. Yes. And there is something about his journey, like the scene that sticks with me, and it, and it sticks with me as, as much as anything else in, in the superhero genre, is the moment, the first time that he's in the diner mm -hmm. and he starts a fight with that trucker. Mm -hmm. And that trucker... Trump voter, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, just beats the unholy shit out of him and it's it's so upsetting especially like at the age that i saw it it's and it was it's it like so daily planet fake news right yeah but no it was it was very disturbing it was but it was it made him feel um like a person which i think once he got his powers back you know and once well, it's it was, so dramatic when he bleeds for the first time yeah. it feels absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, however the flip side of that is that unfortunately we have him returning to the diner at the end <laughs> right the book ends. Which been, completely um, ruins that. Working out. Which completely ruins that, not only for its goofy comedic thing, but this guy is Superman, and he just beat up this guy. Right. And he probably I killed him. I kind of like that scene, to be honest. Yeah, I think you need to bookend the movie. And, it's cathartic. As a, yeah. Especially no, as a kid, it's, you want to see the, the bully. The good guys win, even in the 80s. But Superman wouldn't do that. Yeah, Superman yeah. would have used his a valid argument. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's... What a, happened? We don't know. Yeah. It's a mystery, maybe. It, it's aliens. Let, it's a, let me just throw in a, a little thing, <laughs> but still talking about Richard Donner, just a little clue to help uh, viewers when they're watching Superman 2. If you, if you want to know when Richard Donner was directing, any scene that has Gene Hackman in it was directed by Richard Donner because when they came back and Richard mm -hmm. Lester took over, Hackman wouldn't come back. And that's why you and sometimes. Tom Mankiewicz wouldn't come back. That's right, the writer. Um, the writer. And uh, and that's why you have sometimes Rich Little doing uh, hmm. doing Lex Luthor's voice. North, Miss Tessmacher, yeah. North. That's Rich Little. I'll be damned. Over so, a, a body double shot from right. a distance. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know we 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 didn't really touch on Gene Hackman, but how brilliant he, oh, how wonderful, perfect. what a yeah. great he's performance perfect. he Superman's is. Superman's address. And yeah. you know obviously there've been clumsy attempts at casting that character subsequently. Um, you know, when you look at uh, um, the other performances like Kevin Spacey mm -hmm. and, and Superman Returns, which also has some wonderful moments to it. I'm not knocking the film, but uh, I don't think Kevin Spacey is particularly good in that movie. Doesn't it give you a shudder of electricity to be in the same room with me? <laughs> and then, well, you know, Hackman of course, has that gravitas that comes from being a movie star. Right. That you yes. buy this guy as a larger than life villain who, you know, is a match for Superman. Right. Yes. As opposed to Jesse Eisenberg. As opposed to Jesse Eisenberg, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very much. And, and again, like, another terrific actor, I think, who yeah. was just not not well cast and in it that was an role. Interesting theory, it just didn't work for whatever reason. It didn't work. Yeah, that's that's true. So that's Monday. That's so, Monday. So Monday is Superman, the movie. Superman, 
And uh, everyone keeps quoting two. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, see, look, and 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 we strongly would recommend the. the, the you know, I think it, it's more than just a curiosity. The Donner cut. Now yes. we'll never truly have the Donner cut because he was never not allowed to finish the movie. But right. there's some things in that that are there's wonderful. Some interesting things. I I don't enjoy the Donner cut because it just feels like yeah. a hodgepodge. And honestly, the I think the kiss to make her forget worked better. Uh, than you know, basically repeating the the trick. Well, Marlon Brando, yeah. there's something in, special in, in, in the Jesus moment, is you know, as opposed to it being, you know, uh, the mom. Right. Uh, that's such a terrific scene, having it be Jarrell, um, you know, and restoring that footage of of, of Marlon Brando um, tutoring, you know, his son mm-hmm. on on humanity. I mean, it's it's really. Uh, Really terrific. Um, but we are going to say Superman the movie, or Superman as Darren likes to call it, um, uh, for Monday. Uh, so, Steve, uh, Tuesday on the 4.30 movie. Well, uh, I, uh, at the risk of reading Darren's mind again okay. and probably taking his number two choice, uh, is the one of the first films that I saw in a movie theater. Uh, my dad took me to see it uh, on an Air Force base in Omaha. And uh, Fail safe. I'm, I'm, of course, Tom talking about Batman uh, with Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, 1968. Oh, wow, that was my pick. <laughs> was oh, that your was pick, it, Darren? It was, was my it in 66? Yeah, oh, oh think... when it was released. Uh, maybe 67. Uh, I think it was released in 67, but yeah. we called Batman 66. Because, because of the TV because show. 66 TV show yeah. um, uh, but, of course, this was a, a feature-length uh, translation of the television series right. that had started the year before. Directed uh, by Leslie H. Martinson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, wanted to capitalize on the enormous success of the television series mm-hmm. and uh, got it in the theaters. Uh, filmed it on their hiatus, did they? I believe so. The, and, summer, the um, summer break. You got a, a, a like a monster mash of villains. You got all the villains, the major villains in there. And... Um, and uh, I believe it was a, a pretty successful uh, film at the box office. Or... I, yeah, I, I think it was. I mean, th- remember, the popularity of the Batman TV series was unknown before that time. It was huge. Uh, they had, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays that they broadcast each half-hour episode, the cliffhangers. And it was just the ratings were ginormous, so they you know leapt into action on uh, on this right before the second season, and they built the Batcopter and, and the Batboat, and so they got to use that footage later in in the TV series, but um, and the movie did incredibly well, you know they, they thought that well maybe you know it'll uh, diffuse a little bit the uh, enjoyment uh, and uh, viewership of the show, but it didn't at all. Uh, the the viewers for the second season were just as high as the as the first. You know, it was kind <laughs> of the Avengers of 1967 because here you had mm-hmm. the Joker, Catwoman, Penguin, and the Riddler all in one movie. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, it, it's so wonderful. You know, when you be, when you have that Rogues Gallery, you mm-hmm. know, it's to Suicide Squad or whatever. I mean, it's right. like, and these were really iconic because I mean, even though you didn't have Julie Newmar, you had Lee Merriweather, who's mm-hmm. also great right. as um, as Catwoman. But then to have you know the original you know obviously Cesar Romero and his mustache you know <laughs> long before Henry Cavill there was uh, <laughs> it was you know George, George yeah. his 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 mustache you had uh, you know Burgess Meredith and the original Riddler and the best Riddler um, uh, Frank Gorshin I mean it's just such a delightful fun romp and uh, you know Adam West and, and Burt Ward are, are just terrific and a great Nelson Riddle score mm-hmm. uh, it's iconic and. Uh, you know, we may get a lot of heat for for praising this because you know, Batman fans can be very uh, divisive. Divisive about what interpretation of Batman is a true Batman, and I've always felt that Batman is one of the very few superheroes that can be interpreted successfully in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's been done comedically uh, in this show. Uh, it's been done very seriously uh, in the Christopher Nolan films. It can or, fit comfortably in many genres. Yeah, it's it's possible to interpret that character differently. Well, look at the Lego satisfying. movie. How great yeah. the Lego mm-hmm. Batman movie was. That's a that's a terrific Batman movie. And, and I enjoy fun. all of them. I love the the first two Nolan films. Mm-hmm. I love the Batman the Batman the animated series from the nineties. It was terrific. Absolutely. I, I worked on Batman the Brave and the Bold, which was a more comedic version. I love that show. 
the Lego Batman movie is terrific. Um, I even like, uh, I have mixed feelings about it, but I enjoyed the Tim Burton uh, films. Yeah, less so, though. Uh, less so. But, I, I, it, but I'll tell you, I was in uh, the Chinese theater opening night for the for Batman 89 film, mm-hmm. and that crowd was so, I've re- I don't know if I've ever been in an audience that was more excited to see a movie ever. Um, and they, I just remember when the, the curtains opened, they had a pin spot on the, on the screen of the bat symbol. Mm-hmm. And when that came into view, the packed house rose to its feet, cheering insanely. It was, it was crazy how excited the audience well, was. Well, I will say this about Batman 66. The first time I saw it was... On the, on the 430, 430 movie. movie. Oh, that's yeah. right. Mm. So it was on uh, ABC. Yeah. And I think they what may have even been Superhero Week or some equivalent thereof. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Action Week or action, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that was the first time I saw Batman 66 was on the 430 movie. Uh, Superman, of course, uh, I saw in the theater, but then it aired on um, the ABC <laughs> Sunday night movie, which right. is also so that a seminal, iconic yep. movie night um, for a lot of these things. Uh, I have a very complicated relationship with Batman 68. And I say this as an insane diehard Batman fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I present as my credentials the fact that I have um, every single Batman, Batman-related Batman family comic book going back to <laughs> 1985 in my collection. Um, and I fell in love with Batman because of Batman 68. Here's the thing. I was five years old. All right. My first impression of Batman was the main title sequence of that film, mm-hmm. which was very different from the main titles Indeed. of the show. And mm-hmm. we're actually, it was kind of like cool and mysterious. And to five-year-old, scary, but like in a good way. I thought, I mean, to five-year-old Ashley, Batman 68 was the Dark Knight Man mm-hmm. because it was all like going over my head, but I just kind of drank it in. Um, and it dawned on me slowly that it was... A comedy, and then something really strange happened. I learned Batman's origin. I came to all this backwards, right? Because they never address his origin mm. in the film, not in Batman '66, yeah, no. the show. Um, and when I, you know, when I read that, I thought I, it, this might have even been like my awakening as a as a writer with a with an instinct um, for characters and what they do and what they don't. Um, and when I read, oh. He watched his parents get murdered in front of him, and that's why he does this. I turned on Batman 66 and the Batman 68 (laughs) movie because I thought, there's no way. That makes no sense. I was done with it. Although I agree that Batman fits in a number of genres. I I now um, appreciate Batman 66 and 68 in ways that, that I think I was angry at it. Uh, you know, uh, when I turned about eight years old and I kind of learned the truth um, <laughs> and my eyes were opened to the reality. Uh, but, you know, I it, it has its place. Um, and I, you know, I remember seeing Batman 89 as well. I saw it at Manassas Mall, the same uh. place that we saw the other movies together without <laughs> yeah. realizing it. You stepped on his foot and when you're getting... Uh, right, I hit him in the popcorn, face with yeah. popcorn. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I love um, Batman Returns. I think that's mm-hmm. an amazing film. Um, I love the first two Nolan films. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm i a huge Batman fan. I don't want to say negative things about Batman 68, except that it made me love Batman. Then it made me angry. It, all away. it broke my heart. No, and then I, I learned you know to love what? it again. I, I'm with you on that because I, I went through a similar journey where I was introduced to Batman through this this TV show and this you know the Adam West show and movie and the Super Friends cartoon mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings, and then started reading the comic books in the '80s, and then I read Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, and yep. that blew my mind, and that mm. turned me off against any light-hearted interpretation of that character for many years and I was very hardcore into this very serious Dark Knight Avenger style Batman to the extent that I I wasn't crazy about the Tim Burton movie because of his portrayal of Batman. I didn't like the way he killed the Joker at the end of it. I thought that, right. you know, I didn't care for that even though that's well, I think arguably thing, even darker right? than what's going on. But, I mean, I, I think the thing that um, that appealed to me or, or maybe what happened in my head was I suddenly became aware that characters can have inner lives. And I think the reason I responded to The Dark Knight 
was because for the first time in comics, and I think this is the reason, one of the reasons why it was so big, for the first time in comics, really, we were dealing with a character who we were familiar with who suddenly had an inner life that we were invited into. I think that Batman 89 gets into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I love Batman Returns is because it gets into that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, silly penguins at the end kind of notwithstanding. Um, I still love shit. I picked a cute one. Um, <laughs> I think that's a that's a great moment. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Batman is just he stands alone among the superhero canon because his inner life, his psychology is is more key to him, I think, than any other superhero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And frankly, even even more than Spider-Man to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man learns a lesson, and then he goes off and he shoots webs in your face. And, and arguably, he has the the deepest bench in terms of a rogues gallery also. Mm -hmm. And all those rogues represent yeah, like the sort siren, of shards of Mad his... Hatter. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Um, I mean, Two-Face, uh, you know. Bookworm. Doctor Strange, or, or Mr. Strange. <laughs> Egghead. Professor Strange. <laughs> Professor Strange, played by Henry Fonda. <laughs> But Roger he has, C. He has Carmel a, is Colonel Gum. Colonel Gum. Yeah. <laughs> he has a really rich rogues gallery. I mean, you know, that we saw in the Batman the Animated Series. They were you know, never lacking for a good yeah, villain. That and and the villains, the best villains, always played against aspects of that complicated psychology that he had. Well, you know, when I turned on Batman, I turned on <laughs> Batman when I saw Batman versus Superman, and uh, the 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 parents took uh, Bruce Wayne to the movies that day. It was Excalibur. Okay, that was a movie I saw in theaters. It used to be like it happened one night or whatever. And 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 and, and no, then, it was you know, Zorro. It was always Zorro. Well, no, no, and coming next week was Excalibur. Oh, uh, oh no, Zorro. No, it was Excalibur. And 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 so why are they taking this kid to see Excalibur for? I saw Excalibur when I was in high school or whatever. That, that is a That's violent, sexy. That is inappropriate. They they deserve what they had coming because you do not take your young kid to an R-rated movie that at that a impressionable age to go see Excalibur. No, I'm sorry. The young kid should sneak in to see that. Movie. That yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So you know what? Too bad, Wayne family. That was oh, when I turned out. But 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 I have to say that I I, I agree with you. I I, I it, probably my favorite superhero, Batman in the comic books and um, even when in the 80s when I was collecting comic books and I knew it had no value I would still buy Batman because I love the Batman comics and I love every incarnation of it I'm not a huge fan of the Burton movies but uh, I, I love all three of the uh, uh, Chris Nolan I love Batman 66 um, and uh, I just think Batman and Robin and, and, yeah. yeah, well, that's okay, a whole other yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's still Schumacher week on the 430 movie. Wow. Um, but on Monday, the Lost Boys. That's right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a test pattern. But okay, so so right now Ashley's the one who's saying, uh, we understand how you feel. But I mean, do we say Tuesday because? No, I I agree. I think okay. it I think yeah, it should absolutely. be Tuesday. I think it's it was a gateway drug for me when I was five absolutely. years old. Absolutely perfect. Well, how are we talking about a, you know an overview, a survey, if you will? That's of, right. uh, of superhero Great. films. To, Wednesday. Well, Wednesday, I'm going to push us into the modern era by... Kicking and screaming. Yes. By suggesting the film that uh, that initiated the Marvel Universe, Iron Man. Yes. Great choice. Um, I think that of all the films that have come out since then, it is the purest in tone and intent of all of them. And I think it comes closest to feeling like a comic book and yet feeling absolutely real mm. and developing uh, the character of Tony Stark and perfectly cast by perfectly the way perfectly cast and his his situation is incredibly real and you are with him every step of the way and uh, some can argue that the last act is a little bit uh, uh, expected but I still think it's a lot of fun and, it wouldn't uh, be the first movie that has a lousy third act. That's absolutely, still a really good movie. As as far as bad third acts, it's not bad. And honestly, Completely. it's a, it's a yeah. great third act until uh, there's a moment when the movie should have been done, and that moment was. So, um, how did you solve the icing problem? Right. And once he asked that question, right. the movie was over. Yeah. Right. The movie yeah, was yeah, over, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it didn't need the rest of the fight. Absolutely. And it was brilliant, and it should have been like, okay, we're done, <laughs> curtains. Yeah. But, you know, also, they were reinventing the wheel. I mean, Absolutely. they didn't know. I mean, they didn't even, they weren't even sure it was going to work. It was yep. a third-tier superhero with, a, for all intents, they were a washed-up actor. It was a huge gamble. And I don't think was you can Hail give Mary enough pass. credit to Kevin Feige mm -hmm. for yeah, what he has pulled sure. off in the last 10 years with uh, this Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, I think Iron Man's a great choice because it set the tone. 
and it really uh, that could have been the beginning and the end of the yeah, MCU. Absolutely. Uh, you know, especially when you consider what came next, which was Incredible Hulk. Right. Um, which and, nearly and, killed it. And if which it wasn't was the, the, the goodwill mm-hmm. of Iron Man, right. you wouldn't have what we have now. It is it is a remarkable, remarkable achievement, and it also shows you what you, what happens when you put people who truly love this material mm-hmm. in charge. You know, we talked we talked about lunch. We're not going to repeat that here. That there's another franchise where they put people who hate uh, these things, and and it shows on screen. Kevin you Feige, can't have creators who feel better than what they're writing or have right. contempt for it mm-hmm. because it will, even though there might be professionals and they'll they'll do their work. It will something the tone. You can always bleed through into the work somehow. You'll be able to see it. Absolutely, is that you? You can tell. It's like when somebody is saying, when a creator is looking at the at the material and and saying, this represents me in in some way. Um, I think, you know, and that goes for whether it's the writer, or the director, or the actors. I think very clearly, uh, Robert Downey Jr. invested himself mm-hmm. into Tony Stark, and that's why that performance felt so personal. And that movie, again, it gets back to the idea of the kind of the character's inner life. They gave him such a compelling inner life in that film um, that the popularity of it didn't just, you know, set up the MCU for the next 10 years and set a tone and a format for how that was going to work. It changed Marvel Comics. Right. It changed Iron Man mm-hmm. from being like, hey, and that's like one of our big guys in the Avengers to he's kind he's of the heart guy. and soul yeah, yeah, of yeah, the Marvel yeah, Universe, yeah. period. Right, totally. No, it's 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 really uh, it's a really it's a good pick because I think a lot of people would, you know, they say, oh, what's my favorite? You know, is it the Winter Soldier or you know, is it, or, or Avengers One or whatever? It's such an, a perfect choice for a superhero week because it really defines the modern era of uh, of superhero movies. Yeah, I mean, there there a lot of those Marvel Universe films are terrific, you know, uh, but I agree with Darren. I would have picked Iron Man as well. Now I'm uh, I'm really uh, I'm, I'm torn for Thursday. Um, I have a, a couple of things. You, you obviously mentioned Batman, which I would have picked. Superman, I would have picked. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I, I adore Ashley's movie X Men First Class, which mm-hmm. I, I certainly would be a valid, a valid choice. Um, uh, Meteor uh, Man. I, I, I <laughs> Blank Man. Yeah, with Damon Wayans. I, 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 I toyed with the idea of uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um, but uh, I don't think we can get the rights to air it on the 4.30 movie, nor if people who are indulging their fantasy dream week who want to download it could watch it, so I'm not gonna, that's not eligible. Um, so I'm going to go, and again, this might be sounding like I'm being too cool for school, but I really enjoy this movie, the uh, French comic book Danger Diabolic. Mario Bava directed it. Mm, it's okay. from 1968. Um, and it really, for me, was a, a, a toss-up between Danger Diabolic and X-Men First Class. I mean, if you weren't here, that would have been my, my toss-up. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that X-Men First Class is set in the 60s. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that Casino Royale. I mean, you know, the Charlie Feldman Casino Royale era. And, um, you know, I love the fashion. I just love the way... Because, I, I, I you know, I'm not a huge fan of the first three X-Men movies. Like, I... I I feel that I guess the first X-Men, much like Iron Man, sort of set the tone for that franchise in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie, and especially I watched it again recently, and I don't love it. X-Men 2, I, I think, is a little overrated. X-Men 3 is terrible. But X-Men First Class really showed the potential of what this franchise could be. It's brilliantly cast. It's really well written. And because it's set in that time period, it's not dated now, whereas the right. other X-Men movies are. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bail on <laughs> now, you know hearing what you guys have to say. I think I'm gonna bail on Danger Diabolic because we already have our '60s representation. You know, let's diversify. And, and for people who've never heard diversity. of Danger Diabolic or Diabolic, it is a film worth seeing. It's a really fun go go kind of movie about mm-hmm. a, a thief who steals from thieves, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But you, you, and you see Mario the Lava influence. You can see the influence because First Class is set in that time period, you know, the same time that Diabolic – it's a little earlier. It was the Cuban Missile Crisis. But um, but it's like that whole swinging 60s kind of – there's that great scene with Jan Ray Jones where you actually think she can act. And uh, it's, 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 um, and it's just so – with the Hellfire Club and everything. It's just really um, – it's a, it's a terrific movie. And I love the idea. I love the mashup of real history – Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the secret history of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. You know, uh, with the, with the um, 
you know, mutants and everything. So, yeah, as much as I, I do enjoy Diabolic and, and who doesn't love this woman, you know, in a secret hideout, Ken Adam influence type of hideout, you know, drowning in a sea of money on a bed. You know, it's such a great iconic image. And John Philip Law is, is wonderful in the movie. I, I think I'm going to go with X-Men First Class. It really that to me is sort of the zenith. Of, of that series. I, I do love Days of Future Past also, but um, I think that that requires, the barrier to entry is higher there. You yeah. have to be familiar with both series mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's really well done. But to me, first class, you could just, if this is the only superhero movie you've ever seen, right. you could just like watch it and enjoy it and get it. Well, you know, the, the 60s milieu, as it were, I think was, was actually very important to us. Um, when we were writing it, you know, the Hellfire Club in the comics was, in fact, inspired by um, an episode of uh, the '60s show, The Avengers, mm. Uh, mm. with Patrick Mcnee and yeah. uh, and uh, Count Ibley. Uh, Count Ibley, yes, <laughs> uh, and uh, and a beautiful Diana Rigg. Yeah. Um, Tracy Vincenzo. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, and, uh, and, and in fact, you know, because the, you know, the, the serpent swallows its own tail, you know, we went back and, and we found that episode of The Avengers and huh. we watched it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of the whole, that whole sequence where we first meet the Hellfire Club and, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, we're kind of going in and we're sort of seeing what they're doing and they're meeting with like that colonel and like they're telling him like, you know, this is what I expect and all that. Um, a lot of those moments were pulled like right out of that episode of The Avengers because it was a way of saying um, here we are sort of paying homage to to this thing that was such a huge influence on the comics and now is kind of a part of, of you know, the, the tapestry of this this film um, that and you know, really wanting to capture a very particular vibe because you're right. It's like the, because it's set in the 60s, that movie is never going to feel dated in the same way that other superhero movies are going to flirt with feeling dated. Well, right. the first X-Men is very dated when you watch it now. I thought yeah. I said that. I would love, now that I'm thinking about it, I would love to do a double feature of Days of... of uh, First class and matinee. Uh, matinee. <laughs> oh, and matinee. That's oh, that's it. Joe Dante's Joe matinee. Dante's matinee. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Cuban Missile Crisis double feature. Right. <laughs> it's Cuban Missile Crisis week <laughs> on the 430 movie. The missiles of October. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, 13 goodness. days. <laughs> okay, so and Doctor Strange. Monday. Monday is uh, Superman the movie. Superman. Or Superman. Superman. Uh, Superman. Superman. Uh, Tuesday. Is Batman sixty six? We'll call it Batman sixty six, but we know Batman. it's called Batman the movie. We're really screwing with Darren here. Um, <laughs> Even though it's three is Iron Man, the movie, yeah. and uh, and and four uh, Thursday, class. as it's commonly known, is uh, X Men First Class, which is the ironic movie. because it's Thor's day. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's having a good day. I am having a good Residuals day. Residuals are pouring in from across the world, <laughs> and people right. hear this podcast and download X Men First Class and Thor. <laughs> I want everybody to know at home that I did not pay Mark anything. No, no, I, I will look. We, yeah. we just so people know, this is like a if we actually cared about sports, this is like a fantasy sports league, right. and and this is our our fantasy. Uh, a movie lineup. We don't talk about the movies that we're going to nominate or discuss before the podcast. So everyone's hearing this stuff for the first time. We definitely didn't discuss it. Uh, I, I watched um, X-Men First Class, all the X-Men films recently with my son uh, who wanted to see them. He's a big MCU fan and he wanted to watch the X-Men movies. And to me, First Class just really How many times out. has your son seen Infinity War now? Okay, well, oh let me tell you. <laughs> uh, he's seen Infinity War 10 times and he's obsessed wow. With in the theater, Ebony because it's not out on home video. In the yet. theater, no. I mean, I just got him the, the and I got him the Thanos edition steelbook oh. from Best Buy because you know got to get him Thanos with the Infinity Glove. Um, but he saw Infinity War ten times, and let me tell you, I like Infinity War. Yeah. But it was a lot. I mean, I was I I'm like enough already with the Infinity War, and uh, <laughs> and and he just enough with the Infinity loves that movie. But I did get him into watch start watching special features because he's really into mm. the special features on in Infinity War. And, uh, you know, it's just constantly goes. I mean, he can recite the movie by rote now. It's like, wow. I don't know if he can recite the Declaration of Independence, but he can definitely do <laughs> Hear Me and Rejoice. You know, it's like, oh, my God, here we go again. <laughs> and uh, two and a half hours later, he's recited the entire script to wow. Infinity War. I mean, I love when he came in and he asked me, hey, Dad, can you get me a PDF of the Infinity War script? I'm like, 
You know, he's, 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 he's nine, so. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, has not watched Jurassic Park, however. Um, okay. So we're at Friday. So we're at Friday. Friday. I'm in love. What's it going to be? Uh, because I personally would throw out um, Spider-Man 2. Really? Spider-Man mm. 2? Yes. Two. Yes. Because I think um, Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the, and I know you're about to disagree with me, but I think Spider-Man 2 is one of the great uh, superhero films. I think that it it is one of the few, I don't, actually I would say it's one of the few sequels better than the original, but there are a lot of sequels that are better than the original. Um, I think that Spider-Man um, was actually a very important uh, milestone as a film in the superhero genre, but I think that Spider-Man 2 in, in some ways is arguably more important because it showed that formula could um, could work beyond just a, a single film. Um, and what I think is really special about that movie is that um, it allowed itself to uh, to live inside of Peter Parker's head uh, in ways that the first film couldn't. It wasn't saddled by the silly uh, Green Goblin costume um, or the fact that you have these two sort of weird uh, origin stories colliding in the same movie as, as much as I like that. Um, and I think what I love most about it is just that last moment when he's saying goodbye to MJ and he hears the the siren and she says, go get him, Tiger, and he swings mm-hmm. off and it just goes to her face and her face just falls into that little mm. frown and it's just, it's it's beautiful. Um, so I love Spider-Man too. I, I think like if, if you're gonna put a Spider-Man movie in superhero week and Spider-Man right. is an important superhero, absolutely, uh, yeah. that would be the one I would nominate. I'd go with Nicholas Hammond, the, the pilot for the oh series. Oh my goodness, <laughs> series. Uh, I was uh, a big fan of Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. You were, weren't. I was. I oh really yeah, me too. It. I thought it was terrific. Uh, I, I really like that. That that particular that kid, man. What's his He's name? Terrific, is huh? it Henry Fonda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's a callback to a previous episode, <laughs> right? Which might not even air Which until might, after or, this episode. Or, or cast, whatever the hell it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that kid. He's great. He's the best Spider-Man. Uh, I think Homecoming is really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it has the best Spider-Man in a good Spider-Man story, which is frankly better than any other Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 2. Well, I would say uh, my, my nomination would be Danger Diabolic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, what, what do you guys think? I mean, we, we, we have a Friday slot. To, he, he's saying Spider-Man 2. I guess I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, and I acknowledge the importance of the Sam Raimi films for Sony and for, you know, when there was a dearth of these movies and it was sort of the beginning of the contemporary era of superhero movies. I'm not sure that that's the film I would close out the week with, but, I mean, maybe you guys disagree. I, th- I think we ought to bring in the uh, after-school special. Ah. <laughs> Tonight, uh, the, the Mets Doctor and the Strange Mayor's Trophy TV game movie. are playing right. the Yankees. Oh, my goodness, the Doctor Strange TV movie. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. With uh, Jer- was it Jared Martin? No, it was a different actor who looked just like Jared Martin. The doctor. Oh God, you know what it should be? Tell Le- Legend of Superheroes. Remember that roast? Oh my that- goodness! Oh my God! <laughs> oh, oh my God! For no. those of you listening at home, <laughs> Legend of Superheroes was this direct-to-videotape, uh, almost live broadcast. It it looked like a game show. Uh, where we saw the members of the Legion of Doom all sitting in, like, goofy uh, uh, studio chairs um, plotting something. I'm not exactly sure. But, like, Adam West played Batman. And Adam West played Batman, but with the fringe of his cowl outside his cape for some reason. (laughs) Probably because it was easier to take the cowl off. It was the the most pathetic thing. This was, it came out in like 1978, I think. And it was just so It made the Star Wars holiday special look good by comparison. Yeah, exactly. Um, But oh my God, they had the, they had a Batmobile in it, but it was the one that was covered in fuzz. (laughs) Oh my, oh, my God. It's just so It's just so horrible. Look on YouTube. It's on there. Um, wow. It's terrible. It, it's also known as the uh, superhero roast. That was another hour of this two-hour special. I actually have what I think would be the right film. Okay. I think, it, I think it, it deserves. It reflects the evolution of the superhero movie. I think it's a, 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 great, a great superhero film. Um, Unbreakable. That would actually be yeah. a good choice, but that's not my choice. <laughs> okay. Blade. Um, 
No, not Blade. Blade. No, but you're close. Black Panther. Hmm. Okay. I think Black Panther would be a great Friday film to, you know, sort of, we started with Superman, you know, and we end with, uh, you know, two sort of revolutionary kind of superhero films. Um, And... uh, it just uh, to me, it, f- it feels right for Friday, but um, oh, Black Panther's terrific, yeah. absolutely, yeah, very, very enjoyable, and it's you know it's the right um, the right bookend for the whole era, right? Because I think Black Panther is much like Superman changed our idea of what um, a superhero film could be, and I think frankly many of these there are definitely tent poles and milestones that exist inside of the genre i think black panther is one of those movies it was enormously successful and in its success uh it is going to uh it's going to change i think the way that people look at how they make them and the way they tell the story it also helps redress the fact that the only african-american character in superman is a pimp so We can Man, that is a bad outfit. <laughs> bad outfit. But it, it, you know, look. I, I, and honestly, if I didn't think Excuse Blade Black Panther was a great, 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 entertaining comic book movie, I don't care how it's changed the culture if it's not a good movie. Yeah. But I think that Black Panther is a, a super job. I love the. What I love about Black Panther is the world is not at stake. You right, know, yeah. it, it, it's it's not another, you know, false one of these you know third act. Oh my God! We have to do this, or the world is gone and destroyed and, and finished. Um, it's the same the reason I like the original Ant Man. The, the stakes like the are Ant-Man so sequel. personal in that film, right. and Michael B. Jordan is wonderful. Uh, and and I love the world building in that movie. Yes. Where we I love stories about hidden worlds mm-hmm. that exist in within our world that we've just never seen. You know, and and the idea that there's this whole sort of isolated advanced civilization in the middle of the African continent is really cool. Yeah, it's Hidden Worlds Week on the 430 movie <laughs> featuring Journey to the Center of the Earth and uh, <laughs> the Mysterious Island and Black Lords Panther. Of the, deep, the land that time forgot. Secret of Nim. Uh, no, okay. Well, okay, if we all agree that uh, uh, Black Panther is yes. our Friday night yes, movie, good. that means we have our superhero week starting with Superman the movie on Monday, Tuesday, Batman 66, Wednesday, Iron Man, Thursday, X-Men First Class, and Friday, Black Panther. We're here with Steve Melching, who you can trick, uh, follow on. You can, <laughs> uh, you can follow me follow on, him on Twitter at, at Stephen Melching. Darren Docterman at Twitter at DarrenDoc.com. No, Darren Doc with one R. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How do you spell that? I'm that internet thingy. <laughs> Uh, box. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Ashmaster Zero, spelled zero. <laughs> and I'm Mark Altman. You can follow me at Mark A. Altman. Uh, my new book, So Say We All, is out in bookstores now, and I'll be at the Long Beach Comic Con on September 8th, where I'll be talking about So Say We All and moderating a panel on Twin Peaks. Also be at the New York Comic Con in New York on October 4th and October 5th, where I'll be hosting panels with uh, Ronald D. Moore and um, uh, on So Say We All. Next week on the 430 Movie, we hope you'll join us for a special report on the rise and fall of physical media. I can promise you it'll be a great episode because we've already recorded it. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next week for a special report. The rise and fall of physical media, only on the 430 movie. See you next week. Excelsior.